Hi, I'm Atul Jha and you are listening to Around Startups Interview Podcast, a place where we interact with the makers of India's startup ecosystem. Let's get on to the show. In this episode of Around Startup Interview Podcast, I interviewed Samir Bridgeverma, Director and Junior Partner at Nexus Venture Partners, India's leading venture capital firm. At Nexus, Samir has worked on Roadrunner, Postman, Index, Cloudwide, and Datagress technologies. Before Nexus, Samir was the founding team member at Reliance Ventures and was instrumental in all aspects of organizing setup, strategic focus, as well as execution of the firm's mandate to invest in cutting-edge technology startups globally. Samir is a graduate from Illinois Institute of Technology, Chicago. Let's hear more from the man himself. Welcome to Around Startups podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for all your time. Yeah, thank you. So my first question, like what keeps you motivated throughout the day to work as an investor? So investing is a, I I would say it's a fun profession. I've been doing it for about eight years now. Uh, And uh, the the thrill about it is just talking to very, very smart people. the whole day right they're all addressing different problems there's never a dull day because you're talking to people who are doing different things different spaces they're going into things so that the the thrill of you know just talking to very smart people and working closely with entrepreneurs or building things from really ground zero it's, it's a it's a fun job and from that uh, sense it's a stressful job because you know each of these entrepreneurs you know at least if you look at more 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 i focus a lot on stuff in b2b and platform companies they're a culmination of many years of experience so to be able to have a discussion with them and to be able to understand them in, in an hour uh, and understand what they're doing and, and to be able to take an investment call and and to be able to do that it's it's a little stressful because you have to read up a lot and uh, come up to uh, speed in terms of you know what's going on in the industry and is the is the space uh, that they're going after or the proposition that they have is it is it going to stand the test of time or can it evolve with the market or are there enough headwinds or tailwinds and uh, to be able to take a call on that so it's stressful but you know so there's never a dull day so it keeps you pretty much motivated to kind of uh, really really understand what what's what's going on and uh, you know that's that's when you're looking at new investments and uh, obviously when 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 you when you're working with the uh, founders uh, uh, who you've already funded and are now who are building out their business. It's every business is different from the other. They're, they're broadly there are certain certain areas which would be common about not doing the things which are uh, which which no company should do. So those are common around the board. But every company builds it out itself out in a different way. The landscape is very different. So you know, as I said, never a dull day. So that keeps you excited through the day. And how many hours you spend reading pitch decks? So you know, I think. If you've been doing this for eight years, you pretty much get to know what to spend time on and what not to spend time on. So I I pretty much get about 15 to 20 inbounds every single day, uh, you know, from pretty much all over the world. But, you know, I would say it's very easy to filter it out. So I would I would be spending maybe 15 to 20 minutes on one or two of them every day. That's that's about it. And it becomes very easy to. Um, you know, uh, filter through that stuff, uh, filter through pitch decks and things like that. But, you know, on an average, if I look at a pitch deck, I would spend probably less than 30 seconds on it, on an average. 
because because you can really make out whether it's a me too idea it's you know i generally wouldn't try and do a me too idea or invest into a me too idea so you know something which has originality and thought and and obviously it has a great team backing it which which has the right uh, which has the right ethos and and has w- wants to build out something really really significant in in that space so i you know I, i would look at that kind of stuff so it's very very easy for me to weed out stuff i think you know i obviously get it wrong at times and uh, you know i'm not perfect by a far shot but uh, yeah i've got used to it so it's on an average 30 seconds i can just scroll through and you know uh, essentially presentations are a good proxy to how a person is thinking in some ways but if the team is very good i still decide to meet the team because uh, you know i don't sometimes people are not really good at presentations and things like that and especially at stages when we are getting involved a lot of times these days the inbounds that i get are just people writing about an idea in a few paragraphs and if the team is good and if they come well referred to me i would meet them so th- there are no pitch decks also so a lot of the companies that i have invested into recently have had no pitch decks also so they have been that early because 85% of them in fact i would say that but the ones that have pitch decks i can i can i can skim through very fast and see if the person is thinking linearly has has clarity of thought it it comes out it's not that i'm a genius or anything like that but it just after 8 years you pretty much know know how to how to decipher stuff so is there some secret for identifying great startups or founders there is no i think you know it requires you to not have any biases i think you know that's and obviously biases creep in but i would say that the the best thing that you can do is not have a bias look at everything individually bottoms up rather than going tops down and and saying that this is a thing try and identify what is the person thinking about which will kind of build a, a strong competitive advantage around his business and you know how is he going to go about really differentiating himself from competition you know what is what is he, what is what is he going to do which is going to be so differentiated from the competition i think that's what i really try and look at really fast in in a company and and if i can't get a comf- comfortable answer to that then i generally pass on the investment but uh, but generally you know <clears throat> that's what it is sometimes some businesses have very low entry barriers of entry like roadrunner for example has has a lot of competition because the barriers of entry are very 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 limited but if 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 you want to do that business at scale you need a sort of a mindset and uh, a, a very strong platform thinking and a very strong understanding of doing fulfillment at scale and uh, you know then it clearly goes down to saying that does the team have the ability to do that and 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 really identifying whether the team has that ability has the ability to build it out and whether the founders have the ability and that's what i felt comfortable about though you know a lot of people say it's a me too idea in terms of <clears throat> you know everybody and, and their brother are, are getting into that space but to do it in a profitable scalable manner i think that's the team to bet on in my opinion which is why it made the made uh, the job of my partnership a lot easier to back that company for example so how different do you see india's startup ecosystem compared to silicon valley or to any other areas like say israel and other countries so you know i would say india is very different uh, india's yeah, it goes back to the same thesis and i think that's nexus's uh, philosophy also as to look at everything bottoms up with the indian context of the businesses in india So Silicon Valley obviously has a very very uh, is a matured ecosystem and it's it's you know the ecosystem people know that you know they're used to failing and starting again there's a lot of that happened has happened there they're probably 15 20 years ahead of us so i would i would i would differentiate it into two parts right i would i would say that I, I and i would make a classification here because just given the i've come biased from a nexus perspective here is that 
there are two types of businesses. One is obviously the the tech enabled technology enterprise B two B things like open source and things like that, which are very very mature in the U S. and U S. is a great consumption market for technology. It is the largest consumption market for technology. So we look at tech companies. You know, clearly they evolve in a different way, and the uh, the ecosystem in the U S. is far far evolved. And US is the is probably the best place to sell. And you know, if you look at our portfolio, we got about sixty six companies in our portfolio. Sixty percent of them are technology companies in the in a cross border manner. So we invest in about fifteen sixteen companies from India, which have gone to the US. The advantage that we see is India is a great place to develop develop technology, uh, but the US is still the best place to consume that technology. There are the consumption patterns and the scale at which the US market operates is. Not close to anywhere else in the world. So you know, if you look at technology businesses, the ecosystem in India is way, way behind. But you have great talent here building, which has the capability to build up the product. Obviously, with the right guidance and the right alignment with the U.S. market. So we are seeing uh, companies which have strong front ends in the U.S., which are aligned to the market and and bringing the product closer to the market, understanding what the customers want. And great people here who can develop it, but you cannot develop a product in total isolation in India without, uh, you know, uh, we're just sitting in India, people coding up a product. It'll be totally out of line with what enterprises and what businesses and people want in the U.S. So I would make that distinction within the with the U.S. Uh, the feedback loop is a lot closer if you are completely based out of the U.S. and you're not doing engineering in India. But of course, it's very very expensive, which is why we are seeing these. You know, uh, startups increasingly come up, which are multinational in nature, which are which have their front ends in the U.S. A lot of them are doing their engineering in in India, uh, from from day zero. So, and, uh, you know, we're seeing that increasingly, and that's why the whole proposition of Nexus having doing a lot of cross border stuff really really shines. Uh, so, I would say that you know, that's that's what I would say. The U.S. ecosystem is far 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 ahead uh, from a technology standpoint now when you look at consumption related businesses you now i would say com- companies which are you know in food and in in uh, in security uh, you know or or any of the com- e-commerce marketplaces all of those kind of things where the consumption pattern is is in india and the customer is in india they, those kind of businesses need to be brought up and, and thought about and built from ground zero with an indian context the indian market is, has its own sets of inefficiencies it has its own sets of in, uh, challenges payments is not solved universally it we are not a digital payments economy yet we, you know uh, logistics is is a challenge so there are many many challenges that are uh, that exist uh, you know when 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 you're trying to uh, build a company up from ground zero in india uh, from a consumption standpoint and that's very different from the us market you can depend on fedex and ups to scale a business there right if you can get the right customer segment and you can slice dice that customer segment which is high propensity to consume in the us a lot more easily because it's a, it's a digital economy you can find your people there it's a lot more easier in india a lot of the businesses that 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 that, that are there marketplaces are, are are prevalent and and are coming up but a lot of them have to be thought of full stack in many ways today because a lot of the pieces are not uh, don't exist in many ways but a lot of the pieces as as the economy and the and the ecosystem matures uh, you know logistics will become better payments will become better um, you know there'll be a lot of lot of things around uh, you know the merchants will become a lot more sophisticated to it, not, uh, you know get on to get on to platforms put up their inventory Uh, do things like that. A lot of that behavior change is happening right now, and uh, you know, over a period of time, I think it, it will be it will get better and better and better. And I think it's getting a lot faster. So if you if you look at three years back, 
there was no way that the market would have been as sophisticated as it is today. Now merchants are themselves wanting to sell on e-commerce platforms. Logistics is starting to get better. Payments with a whole bunch of other people, whether you look at Paytm or you look at other other kind of initiators which are coming up. People are adopting mobile-based uh, technologies to pay. So a lot of that is starting to happen. Still early days. So, you know, and that's very, very different from what the US market is. We are still in, I would say, early days of what e-commerce can look like. But delivery of any any commerce related things, any any digital experience has to be thought up, ground up in India because the challenges in India are very different from what they are in the US. What differentiate Nexus Venture Partners from the rest out here in India? So I'm saying, you know, all, all VC firms have money to offer and all that. But, you know, we, we 85% of the time we are investing into pre-revenue product companies. So we really, we, we take on less. We don't, we, we do about 8 to 10 investments every year. So our focus is really working very closely with the entrepreneur in early, early days of the venture and really helping them. So what you get from Nexus is a lot of personalized attention towards the you know, initial, initial days of, of, of the venture. That really differentiates us. A lot of us have operating experience towards, in, 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 and you know, uh, bulk of my partnership, for example, has, had, has built companies, taken them public, has, has built large companies, has built teams has built products, has taken a product into market, has seen that experience of, of doing that. So it's a lot of that which comes into give, adding value for the entrepreneur. And obviously, you know, if you look at co companies which are oriented uh, to or doing things around enterprise, I think we're very, very well positioned because we've gone through the learning 15 times of taking companies from India global. And we've, we've done that uh, successfully with a number of companies, whether you look at Helpshare, whether you look at Drova, whether you look at an Index, whether you look at a Postman, You've done this multiple times with companies from India, and our team is oriented to help at both ends of the corridor, very in an integrated fashion. Uh, you know, and and we work with companies both in India and the U.S. and that really helps. You know, kind of get get stabilizes the company a lot easily. We understand what is needed, so you know that is a big differentiator when it comes to tech and when it comes to marketplaces and things like that. We've had the good fortune of partnering with entrepreneurs who who built leading companies in their spaces. And there's a lot of learnings that we've got from that, which you know, next generation entrepreneurs who 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 decide to partner with us can can really get. Whether it's in marketplaces, whether it's in consumer internet, and all of those spaces, logistics, or agri, we've invested across the chain in 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 many ways. And as we learn along with our entrepreneurs, so that's that that becomes very very useful. Uh, and plus, you know, the one of the other advantages I would say is that. We, we are, as an entire partnership are available for our companies. It's not the only the investment professional who's on the board, but the entire partnership stands behind all the investments that we make. And we are multi-staged. We have a, a decent amount of capital to service, you know, invest and take the company all the way from seed to early growth to all the phases of the, of the life of the company. So, you know, we are pretty much want to be the, the go-to board members, the go-to firm for the entrepreneur during their life cycle of the company. What, uh, in your opinion, is uh, investors' dilemma these days, apart from fear of missing out? I think that is the biggest dilemma. I, I think a lot of them are scared about, you know, just missing out on things. They're seeing a lot of activity on the ground. They just feel that they have to, they have to get into a particular space. Otherwise, you know, somebody else will take it and it'll be very difficult for them to pony up and pay up and get into the next rounds. So the dilemma is that, you know, should you invest, should you take the plunge and uh, will the market evolve as fast? Will you be able to make ventures type of returns? Because, you know, there's an extreme degree of risk because people are doing 
you know getting there are you know, the whole back end of you know AWS you know payments getting better third party logistics coming up um, you know platforms emerging that's made the whole entry of you know starting up a company a lot easier so you know people just believe that capital is becoming a large competitive advantage so people want to take up spaces a lot of them are looking at companies top down saying that hey in this sector we should invest into a company whether it's in the stay market we need to invest into a company into that because we need to have coverage in that space that space is going to grow clearly the macro is very hard uh, you know and the macro is, is positive in that space but there are like hundreds of companies like i would say about 15 20 companies just cropped up in that space so you know a lot of investors are saying that we should have something in this space we should have something in this in an adjacent space we we need to do something in the intercity logistics space we need to do something in the truck aggregation space we need to do something so all these investors i would say are rather than looking at stuff bottoms up and and and, and really saying is there an opportunity which is going to present the best use of capital are now spreading themselves very thin and investing into multiple sectors you know and I, I would say it, all of us are to blame. It's not that all of this. It's just the environment. So they are taking a lot of these things. In a way, it's good for the ecosystem because it's it's uh, it's moving the ecosystem further. People who have bright ideas and um, are, are getting funded. So in that way, I would say it, it, it's it's a good thing for for the ecosystem overall. But you know, there will be there will be carcasses along the way because a lot of these companies may not be. They might have the same ideas and might not have a game plan to execute and be leaders in their space. And uh, you know some of the companies on the top who are who have shown some bit of initial traction are getting capital, which will which is going to serve as their competitive advantage. So I think investors' dilemma is that you know should we invest into spaces which which uh, which where where companies have already got financed, uh, you know capital is serving as a competitive advantage. There is a bit of fear of missing out. So you know substandard companies are also getting funded in 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 their respective spaces. Just because people want to have a play in that, and that's not going to end up pretty in the long term. In in the as as the economy soars, as the liquidity goes out of the market, a lot of that kind of stuff is going to not people are not going to finance those companies, and that's going to mean a lot of you know either M and A acqui hires or companies shutting down, people losing their jobs. All of that is going to happen. So I've seen this across two two cycles before. And I can I can just see it coming. Uh, it's not going to be very very positive. It's just people people just think that you know hey the market is so big and everybody's going to do great and all of that. But you know financings don't generally work there. People don't bet on the sixth or seventh or fifth player. People generally bet on second third at best. There's a rule of three which comes into any space, and if you're not in the rule of th- in the top three, you there's no way that you would survive. And generally, second and third merge and become larger and things like that. So that those are the dynamics that start playing out. But there's just a mad rush today on 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 even on entrepreneurs wanting to do a lot of me too things. They just want to you know there's a taxi company everybody wants to do taxi. If there's a truck aggregation company everybody wants to do truck aggregation. There are 15 companies which crop up there. If somebody does home services, there are 20 45 companies in that space. So I think you know there's a lot of that kind of stuff and on and investors also just putting money into the top six seven eight companies. And uh, you know the dynamics there aren't very healthy uh, in terms of how things are. So as, as a firm, we've taken a conscious call uh, at Nexus that we would we would look at things bottoms up and really look at entrepreneurs who can be leaders in their space and try and back. That's very very difficult. Makes our job very very difficult because very difficult to predict whether these people will be there. But with capital and a plan to really build a motor on their businesses, I think those are the kind of entrepreneurs we would ideally like to back.
and you know we try and also try very hard to not get into this whole madness of just financing companies and feeling like you know hey we need to, we need to be in this space we want to build bottoms up good fundamental businesses which can which have defensible plans we'll get it wrong sometimes obviously we will but our endeavor is to get it right as many times as possible so uh, as you mentioned previously that on an average you spent 30 seconds watching a pitch deck so what's the best way to pitch to samir actually you know the best way is to find a a common connect you know unfortunately it's not that we are some great people or something it's just that it's just human tendency right because you get so many plans so many people telling you the same thing and it's so faddish right right now the for example the flavor of the of the, of the month is basically interior design companies you'd be surprised there are about 15 pitches which have come to us so you know one of the best ways to pitch to not only somebody but to any investor is to firstly find a way a common connect which can connect you to those to to the to investors because it shows that you're scrappy to be able to get somebody to write just writing a blind email to somebody just probably is not the best way of doing it it's not to me but to all investors said so find a common connect where i can i know the person very well and i can attest that if somebody speaking highly of him then it's worth investing time into that into that meeting and because you'll save the investor time and you'll save yourself time you don't want a courtesy meeting you want a meeting which is going to yield you know which 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 shows either that you're going to get very good feedback as an entrepreneur from the investor or you're going to get finance there are two things that every any entrepreneur should look like look at so they should find a common connect who knows the venture capital firm very well or knows a person in the venture firm very well who so that when it comes to that you obviously give it a lot more credence and put it up on 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 your preference stack the other thing you should outline and think really hard about as entrepreneurs because people are going to be investing their lives into 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 these companies a good part of their lives into these companies how do you really differentiate yourself from competition is you know when if if let's say the next day your competitor gets financed two times what you got financed does that how does that change the dynamics for you if your competitor starts incessantly giving you giving discounts how does that really change the the field for you how do you stand the test of time how do you build out fundamentally a good business when the ecosystem around you is extremely unhealthy so you know what what are the modes that you're going to build around your platform uh which which will stand the test of time i think you need to articulate that or envision that and try and capture and and, and highlight that to the investor and and more importantly you should not every investor is good for for your business or they understand that business so we understand marketplaces we understand logistics we understand enterprise very well we understand payments well we understand you know certain sectors very well but there are certain areas which which we don't understand like biotech and and things like that and 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 you know some parts of healthcare we probably don't understand uh but we might understand medtech you know so you know our our the endeavor should be to to find the right form which is which has shown similar investments in the past so you it makes sense for you to approach them because there is some collective knowledge in the fund to be able to finance your company or to be able to take a call to give you feedback or to finance you so i think entrepreneurs just do a blind rush of writing to any any and every firm and sometimes it's it's suboptimal so they should be a lot more careful about their outreach more personalized in their outreach and uh, and and really think through and and be able to communicate it doesn't have to be a fancy plan but be able to communicate that how are they going to build defensible businesses how do you cope up with stress as you mentioned in our uh, conversation early like what's your uh, stress buster i i i generally like going out for a walk or cycling uh, in the morning if i can 
and uh, obviously you know i think listening to music doing things like that or reading i i spend a lot of time reading just general current affairs just reading about stuff so i find that uh, i you know relaxing to some extent also spending time with family my daughter it is relaxing also winds me up in some ways which is she's she's a ball of energy and all of that so but but uh, you know I, i think that's that's what it is yeah it is a stressful life overall just dealing with new things and and you know sometimes you also feel that you're not able to do justice to the entrepreneur's time and um, you know you have too many meetings and too many requests and things like that it, it just gets a little overwhelming at times but i think you know you have coping mechanisms to get by and, and you know once in a while take a break i never used to do that 5 6 7 years back but now i started to you know get out every 2 3 months uh, over the weekends or take long weekends and things like that what what was the recent book you read I read this book on Elon Musk uh you know Elon Spanchi or something like that that's the that's the last one that I read about 2 weeks back uh and uh, great book just about about his journey throughout uh, you know all his different ventures and about him as an individual a lot of respect for him and how he's trying to change things around so that's the last one that I read uh just just about to start reading this book by the Red Hat CEO called Open Organization So that's that's the that's the next one that I have on my list. I've already ordered it from uh, this thing. So I plan to read that this weekend. I believe it's a good book. And uh, I, you know, he's he's obviously a great great guy. You you you're a big proponent of open source. Yeah, I've read that book. It's it's it's. Yeah. Book. So you know, that's the next one on my on my on my on my reading list. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So I think I'm almost done with my uh, question set. What I'm going to do now is you are going to take five the quick fire round. Sure. It's like you have two options A or B, and then you have to speak for uh, a sentence why. Sure. So the first one is like uh, Delhi or Mumbai. Delhi for the food, Mumbai for walking. <laughs> so clearly. So both. Yeah. So I I would say if I have, if I have one place I would say Mumbai over Delhi any day. I don't like the people in Delhi. I'm I'm from Delhi I'm I I I I somehow like people in Mumbai a lot more I spent time in Mumbai I spent 5 years there I prefer Mumbai Beer or coffee Beer Obviously <laughs> for <laughs> obvious reasons <laughs> So vada pav and chole bhature I think you gonna go for vada pav then No I like chole bhature but 1800 calories or 15 1800 calories is just too much at you know with with the I can't I can't take it I'm probably getting old but yeah I would say I uh, but taste wise any day chole bhature Thanks Samir it was great talking to you <laughs> No thanks for having me on yeah hope uh, I didn't bore all you guys so yeah No not at all it's <laughs> a learning experience for me Yeah no thank you thank you for having me on You have any suggestion for me to make my podcast much better No I think talk to you know the the ecosystem in India is getting pretty vibrant and you you know the good part is if you're in a city like Bangalore and see that you meet very very interesting people they and you know since I've been doing this for 8 years I know that the last 2 3 years of it, it's is moving to a level which is very very positive and, and on the whole because people are coming out taking risks you know meet a whole bunch of people I just meet all the stakeholders in the ecosystem all of us are trying to make things better uh, obviously in our own little ways and you know a city like bangalore is beautiful that way because you're seeing a bit of that valley culture here people are helping each other out doing things 
and uh, you know great great time and place and uh, you know talk to all stakeholders across whether it's vc firms whether it is people in pr people in just strong entrepreneurs wanting and pushing the boundaries it's it's a great time it's a great time for for, for all of us thanks thanks again yeah. well thank you thanks for listening to this podcast your suggestion will be a great help to me send me your feedbacks to my email atul@rounstartups.com or alternatively via twitter at @aroundstartups_ let me repeat it's at @aroundstartups_ i'm not done yet you can also find us on facebook itunes and soundcloud as around startups so what are you waiting for go follow us on all the social media channels and give us all your feedbacks <laughs>